Bernard here. Don't just link for the sake of linking, link for success. Thank you so much for being here today. How is life in Halifax? Life is sunny and cold in Halifax today, but it's all good. Well, I love the fact, I know people can't see you, but I can, um, but above your head, it actually says dream big. Um, It's the only word on the thing that I can see, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's a a good little manifesto poster back there that I bought when I was getting divorced. (laughs) So let's dream big today. Let's have people... Um, get out there on social media um, and in person. I know you do a lot of local events as well. I'll get you to introduce yourself in a sec, but I know that you do a lot of networking and speaking as well. So it'll be interesting um, for the audience, for the people to hear your opinion on the difference between networking online and networking in person, because last time I checked, you're a rock star. <laughs> well, I don't certainly don't think of myself as a rock star, but uh, thank you. <laughs> so, rock star Anita, <laughs> tell me about you. Who are you? Well, um, I, I have this new pitch that I'm using, so I'm going to practice that with you guys today. I empower entrepreneurs to tell their stories online through social media, and I do that so that they can have a business that enables the life they truly desire. And I do that through training and consulting with social media. And it's a big, hairy, I call it my big, hairy, audacious why, because it feels really airy-fairy to me to say that. I'm empowering entrepreneurs. But really and truly, I want to show people how they can use social media in a better way, in a more efficient way, and tell their stories so that they can have a business that takes less of their time with social media so they can get out there and do the things they really want to do. And you know what? I love the fact that you just said that. And I don't mean to, to um, interrupt you, but I love that because simply because the biggest challenge that people have with social media is that it's overwhelming. Absolutely. It takes up too much of their time and it's a full-time job. Well, and it doesn't have to be. That's the thing. Exactly. If you, if you learn how to do it, and you have a plan, it doesn't have to take up all of your time. And if you can be consistent and follow your plan, you can get in and out without wasting your day. I'm doing air quotes, without wasting your day (laughs) on social media. And a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, use the word wasting because they see, you know, they see a lot of their stuff in their Facebook feed as a time waster. Um, and I like to see social media, and I'm sure you'll agree, as a time investor. Absolutely. If you invest the time properly, it will build relationships that will turn into business. But you get out of any network what you put into it. So if you go into Facebook, or I often have this conversation with people about Twitter because they really see Twitter as a waste of time. Um, If you go into Twitter expecting it to be a waste of time and expecting that all you're going to see are people talking about what they're eating for breakfast, then you know what? That's probably what you're going to see. (laughs) It's that whole manifestation thing, I think. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You're almost manifesting exactly what you expect from the platform. Absolutely. And if you go in and that is what you're seeing, then you haven't given Twitter a fair shake. You haven't given enough thought to who you want to follow and finding the right people and how you want to engage because that's how you're going to get something better out of it. 
Well, it's funny. Um, I was literally just talking to uh, somebody the other day and they wanted my opinion. So almost like a, a feedback session, audit session, like, what do you think? And I said, your feed is boring. That's as simple as it got. Mm. There was no engaging. There was nothing. All you were, they were doing was pushing their product out and hoping that somebody might click on it and somebody might buy something. And because they didn't, they came to me and said, social media doesn't work. Right. And I said, I, but I social media is this so, they forgot the social part. Absolutely. <laughs> the other thing is, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? <laughs> you can, if, if <laughs> sure. <laughs> I haven't had that question. Sure. <laughs> There's a, a great quote. I've heard many manifestations of this quote, but social media won't save your shitty product. Right, exactly. Or save you from shitty customer service, right? So you can't just go into social media and expect it to do everything for you. You have to learn how to use it properly. And just because you have a product to put out there doesn't mean people are going to come. Yes, so, it's that, that whole, I think the misconception is if you build it, they will come. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't work and like that. It does not work like that. Absolutely and it, it's not. interesting because I think um, people see social media as a tool. Sorry, social people see social media as the relationship, but it's a tool to build the relationship. And they don't see it that way because exactly what you just said, if, they, if you build it, they will come. If you, people say um, Instagram works, if you post on Instagram, your business will grow but they forget the middle part. You have to use Instagram correctly and engaging and build relationships so that people know who you are and you build a brand and all of that kind of stuff. So it was interesting because that's exactly what this guy was saying is that Instagram doesn't work. Someone yeah. said, if I have an Instagram account, the people will find me and they will buy my product. And I said, you were talking to the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> I have had clients in the past. I've been doing this for eight years. So about seven years ago, I had a client come to me, hire me to do their social media, signed up for six months. They didn't tell me that their business was in trouble. And so about four months into the contract, their business closed. They thought social media was going to save their business, but they didn't give me, well, first of all, social media can't save your save business. Your business. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't even give me what I needed to build a proper social media platform for them. They didn't give me the access and the photos and the content. So you know, maybe social media could have helped them. 100%. But you've, you've got to really, you, you have to give it a fair shake. You have to actually put some effort into it and learn what works Absolutely. And, and try it in the way that works for you and your community. Not just, it's not advertising. It is not no. the same as a TV ad. You can't just blast your TV ad on social media. That push. Yeah. So, um, so that leads me to that action question. Cause I'm all about taking action. I don't care about all the fluff out there. If you can tell me to do something and make it work, I'm good. So Tell me a little bit more before I ask you this question. I know you help people grow their business. I know you help them network online and grow their social media, help them with their online business. We heard your, your spiel, um, sort of that elevator pitch. What do you, tell me a little bit more about what you actually do for people. What are some of the services that you offer? Sure. I do a lot of training. 
So I have everything from, you know, you can hire me for one hour to come in and sit with you and teach you how to do one thing. Uh, maybe it's you need to learn how to use a scheduling program like Hootsuite or Buffer or my new favorite, Social Pilot. Maybe you need to have a VIP day where we come in and we look at your whole social media strategy and come up with a daily posting plan and a blogging plan and content hubs and figure out how all of that is going to work together to get people from your social media to your website where they can actually buy your product or service. So it can be everything from learning how to post on Facebook. I do a lot of training for people like that too, to how to really plan a strategy that can work for you in the long run. Um, so I have you know, workshops. Some of them are free. Some of them are paid. I have webinars. I have um, VIP days. I have a new really cool program coming out as soon as I get time to promote it called Ask Anita. Nice. You can just sign up to have 50, as many 15-minute sessions with me as you want via Zoom. And you come with one question that you need answered. So it could be, why isn't this ad working? And we open it up and we look at your ad and you figure it out. So it's kind of, a, kind of a membership program, but you have access to me whenever you need it without feeling guilty. That's awesome. That's a great program. I think a lot of people have those questions. So when you do your training and your workshops and your VIP days and stuff like that, um, and you teach people how to do all of this stuff, what do you think is the biggest thing that holds them back from taking action? Well, the, I think the biggest thing that holds them back is fear of, it, it's, it's fear of being seen. It's fear, for some people, it's, they'll say it's the fear of being on video, but it's, I don't think it's the fear of being on video so much as the fear of showing what your life is really like when we see so much really polished stuff out there. So when you're starting out and you're doing Facebook Lives or you're doing videos or you're doing a podcast, you don't have all the equipment. And I'm encouraging people to just start. Start where you are and build from there. And I think people compare their beginnings to the finished products of a Gary Vee or a Stacey Maynard or me or whoever, and they think, oh, I, I can't look like that today, so I can't start. Right. And then they, they also see, well... Who cares about my life or who cares about the behind the scenes of my business when that's exactly what we want to know? That's, that's exactly, exactly what they do care. <laughs> absolutely. And so I spend a lot of time convincing people that the little things that happen in their business on a daily basis are exactly what we need to know about them because it shows us how they do their business. It shows us their morals and their ethics, how they make decisions, how they build their product or service. And, and that's the kind of stuff we can't get from a polished post on Facebook. Well, and that sometimes, and, and I was just going to ask you this question, but you kind of alluded to it anyway, is about how do they differentiate themselves from other people who might be doing something similar. And again, like you just said, that behind the scenes stuff, um, how, how their lives are different than their competitors' lives. Do mm. people care? Yeah, they do because they want to see that stuff. Yeah. The best example I have of that, so I, five, well, no, more like seven, seven years ago, I had an email come in from a guy who I'd talked to a few times on Twitter, and he said, Anita, I was on your website today looking for an ebook about something. 
and you don't have any ebooks on your website. And I said, well, what, you know, what's the topic you're looking for? I can find you one. He said, yeah, I can Google and find an ebook for what I want, but you're my social media person. You're the one I want to hear from. So I really want one from your perspective. And I thought, holy shit, like, I thought I was wasting my time repeating what other people had done. But no, my opinion and my view and my way of doing things is still going to be different. And maybe I resonate with this person better than the other expert over here who has a similar book. So it was really eye-opening for me to get that feedback from somebody very early on. And I've held that really close. So even if I see that Gary Vaynerchuk or Stacey Maynard or somebody else has written a post about XYZ, I might still write it from my perspective because my people don't necessarily follow them and they're used to hearing things in my voice and maybe I explain it in a different way that they understand better. And I think that's really interesting that you say that because I think sometimes we get lost in our own industry. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, my, my example of that is when Microsoft purchased LinkedIn mm-hmm. and there, in my world and in my Facebook feed and my LinkedIn feed, there was about a hundred articles about other people's opinions on whether this was good, whether it was bad. And I had that same thing. And I said, well, where's yours? And I went, well, here's about a thousand, um, pick one. And they said, yeah, but you're my LinkedIn person. I want to understand what that means to me. And I always look to you for that. And I realized that they didn't have the hundred articles in their feed. I did because I'm following all of those and I bring it to them. So I'm the filter through. So it was an interesting perspective uh, for me as well. Exactly what you just said. It was interesting. The other thing that's really important for people to realize about that, especially if you're a blogger and I know you don't like to write, but I love to write. So in fact, I just put out a new blog post minutes before we get on this call. Um, If you can write putting that information on your website is really good for Google search rankings. So getting you higher Mm -hmm. up when people are searching for your services. And it's not difficult to make a difference to your Google search rankings just by blogging the things that your customers are looking for, the the common questions that they ask. Um, You might think, well, I can send them to this website or that website for that answer. But then you're sending them to somebody else's website. website. (laughs) Why not bring them to your website to get that answer? Exactly. Very true. I do spend a lot of time with people teaching them how to find that content in their business. Just think about the five most common questions you get from potential customers. And maybe those are five blog posts that you can write and have on your blog. Absolutely. Whether you send people to those, you know, they write to you and ask you that question, you've now got something you can send them to on your website, which tells them, A, you were prepared for the question, you've answered it before, you've got a standard answer, and it gets them on your website. So there's a lot of building up of an expert status there. Um, But it also saves you a ton of time because you don't have to write that answer out 15 times, right? Exactly. Here you go. Here's my, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's the same thing, whether you do a blog, uh, whether you do a video, whether you do some sort of content creation, answering that question. Yeah. So that you are the one answering that question. You know what? That goes to um, a conversation about branding and simply because trust is such a huge part 
of your brand. And to me, that's the, um, you know, the, the, the icing on the cake, right? I mean, people get to know you, um, whether they like you or not to me is irrelevant, but they can respect you. Um, trust you is just such an important part of that. And you become that go-to person for your audience. So how, what, what's you, what's your, um, perspective on why having a personal brand is so important? Well, because you can't always be the business. So I, when I started my business, I started it with a funny name. I mean, my business is called Twerp Communications. I'm the head twerp. And, and I, anybody that has, I'll ask her, <laughs> you have to listen to the end, but you have to look at her website and you have to look at her social media. She has literally the cutest little um, birds and colors and brand for her business. It's just fun. And I love that. And you know what? Because of that, I just, I felt like you had a certain type of personality based on the fact that you built that. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So I, I really love my branding. I'm really proud of that branding. And I, I can't take credit for it because I hired a great graphic designer to do it when I started. But I, I love how I'm able to grow with it. And it does set me apart from the more formal looking brands that are out there. I think people who come to social media who are looking for help, some of those more formal brands scare them. So I'm hoping that this looks friendlier and more fun. I want to teach people that social media can be fun. So those are some of the things I wanted to pull in when I, when I talk to the graphic designer to build my brand. But so I built, I have built a brand around twerk, but when people talk in the city when they talk about, you know, you need to talk to somebody about social media. Some of the times they say, well, you should look up twerp because it's a memorable name. But I think what I'm hearing more and more is they say, you need to talk to Anita mm -hmm. because she's the expert. Oh, she happens to have a company called twerp, but you need to talk to Anita, not talk to somebody at twerp. You need to talk to Anita because I've built this blog that is my voice. It is almost 100% my articles on this blog. And so people very quickly get to see that I know what the heck I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> and I'm you're, not, and you're, you're a person and what they've done is they've gotten to know the person behind your business. Yeah. So absolutely. You almost have become your business. Yeah, absolutely. And they can also find me on Twitter where I talk about personal stuff. I, share a rant once in a while. I do customer service inquiries on my one Twitter account that is my name, not my company name. And so I've made some of those decisions because I think it is important that people get to know me as a person. I am not the right consultant for everybody and I'm very open about that. Um, just the other day, I passed on some job inquiries to another consultant in town because it was about wine and food. I'm, I don't drink wine on a regular basis, and I'm not a foodie. I, I right. like to eat, but I'm not a foodie. So I said, I'm, this, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, this is not the right fit for me, so I passed it on to somebody else in town who I know it's a better fit for. Right. So I think it's really important that people get to know you as a person so they can see whether or not it's a good fit. Because if you end up working with somebody who's not a good fit, you end up hating your work. Well, and then you just think, okay, well, you know, 
A equals B does not equal C, right? I'm hiring this person because someone said social media doesn't work and it's, they're not a good fit for you. Therefore, social media doesn't work. My business, like it can just go down a rabbit hole. And I also go with not all customers are the right fit, but not all services and people are the right fit. And yeah. I think it's a two-way street. And I think that's where people think, okay, well, you do this service, therefore I can hire you. And in that initial conversation, I've actually had conversations with people and I have um, forwarded their information on to a variety of different people, whether it's um, other consultants, whether it's other, um, I don't do social media management, so other social media managers. I've even forwarded them on to other LinkedIn people, mm-hmm. other to do LinkedIn profiles and training and stuff like that because I know their personality and I just know that these this person would be a, like such a better fit um, for them. So, yeah. And every once in a while you get caught, you say, Oh, okay. Well, so this fall I had a client approach me for social media management services. I do manage people's accounts, but it's not what I love to do. So this company was new to town. They called me, said, can we meet? We met at the end of it. I said, look, this isn't really what I'm moving forward doing with twerp. It's not the service that I'm promoting to everybody. So I think I would prefer to um, give you the names of some other people I trust to, for you to work with them on building your content. And she was adamant. No, no, I, I like your website. I like you. I like our conversation today. I trust you. I want to work with you. That, it, that didn't, it didn't end positively. (laughs) We worked together for a while. It wasn't a good fit because I I knew it wasn't a good fit and I allowed them to convince me to try it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And And so you know what you're good at, you know, and I think that's just, that's that trust factor. Um, I find when people, when I refer to other people, um, they trust me as that resource rather than, because I was talking to a guy last week and said how this is what I want to do. This is what I need someone for. How do I work with you? And I said, you don't. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what? I said, you don't, you don't work yeah. with me because I don't offer any of the services that you're looking for. And he goes, uh, but I really like you. And I said, I know I like you too. <laughs> and people are always shocked when you say, sorry, I'm not the right fit. You should talk to these people. Yeah. I actually had business advisors eight years ago say, well, so one of them turned to me and said, I have a client that builds, it was some kind of widget for fire trucks, some kind of new technology for fire trucks. And they said, you know, they've really got this thing going, but they need social media help. Do you want me to make a contact? And I said, no, thank you. And the whole five business advisors, Mm -hmm. people who had been in business for 30 years looked at me and said, why would you say no? You take it and you learn how to do it. And I said, no, I disagree. Yeah. I have absolutely no interest in building a social media presence for this widget for fire trucks. And, and I have I think, no knowledge and I think you about do. it. Yeah. Like why you don't need to do that. You don't want to do that. And it's not going to go well for them or you. Exactly. Find <laughs> somebody who is already in a similar niche that has some experience with that. So, and you know what, that goes back to our conversation we had um, before we hit record is that everybody thinks that you can do everything for everybody. So as soon as you say, um, I help people with social media management or whether I help people with um, real estate or mortgages or financial or any other industry, pick one, 
all of a sudden when you go, well, who's your client and who do you work with? And they say, everybody. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. If you work with everybody, you focus on nobody. Well, exactly. Exactly. And then you end up building um, the wrong relationships um, online, really, yeah. because you don't know who you should be talking to because you want to talk to everybody. And how do you craft your content and your conversations everybody when everybody's in a different position um, of their life, of their business. Uh, you know, you could even focus on entrepreneurs and business owners. And I know people who focus on startups. You know, I know people who go, well, they have to be in business for five years. I know people who say they have to be in business for 20. Those three groups of people are going to approach things differently. They're going to have different needs and they're going to have different struggles and different problems and different successes. Exactly. And, and I guess I have chosen to focus mm -hmm. on I, I work with startups, but it's not my focus because startups have a certain uh, stereotype around them, I guess, of what type of business they are. Mm -hmm. But I, I focus on entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and small business owners because I find there's just not a lot of information out there written from their perspective. When I go read stuff, it's written for Coca-Cola. It's written for you know Marvel Comics. It's written for big, big brands. And so little of it is focused on what a one-person shop can do or how a local business can use these features. Or how the changes impact them. I think that's, exactly. the, that's the biggest one is, you know, Facebook's done this, LinkedIn's done this, Instagram's done this. Yeah. And what does that mean to me? I know what it means to larger businesses, but exactly what you said, how does that affect the entrepreneur, the small business owner, the solopreneur right. in my business that I'm trying to build. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't so necessarily understand it. Yeah. So that's why I decided to focus on that. That and that's um, just naturally who has started coming to the training opportunities that are local. So nice. So how do you, so when you do um, either train, manage, um, otherwise, what is your approach um, to building relationships online? Because that's a big portion. You know, we were talking earlier about the fact that, you know, social media is not the relationship itself. Social media is a tool that helps people um, get to know people. It helps people expand their brand, engage people. But the most important thing is that it helps people build relationships online. And it doesn't matter what particular platform you're going to, but the whole concept is that, in my opinion, is that that's how we met. We met over social media. So me, Stacy, linked to Nita via social media. Mm -hmm. We built a relationship from there. So how do you help your clients um, approach that? Well, I try to remind people that there's, there's two things you can do, in my opinion, to build relationships. One is to be educational and informational without being promotional. So a lot of the That's stuff that I put out is it, it shows you how to do something or tells you about something that has changed. It's not necessarily promoting me. You might get the information on my website because it's a blog post, but it's not about buy, buy my service, buy my service, right? It's here's how to do something. Uh, but the other thing is you have to... Um, you, you have to be looking for the conversations, not just waiting for them to come to you. So you have to be going out and trying to have conversations with people on all of the media or else they just won't see that you're there and you can't build relationships with people that don't know you're there. 
So if you're on Twitter, go out and find somebody that's talking about something you're interested in, doesn't have to be related to your business, and get into that conversation with them. Talk back and forth a few times with them. Tell them what you think. Ask them a question. Respond to their tweet. Respond. Right? <laughs> Ask a question. What a concept. I know. It sounds so <laughs> simple, but for some reason, it's easy for people to do when they're face-to-face -face at a networking event, but when they get online and they have a computer in front of them, I think a lot of people the freeze. Block. They're like, well, why yeah. would I? You know, that's somebody's conversation they're having over here. I can't interrupt that. Yeah, you yeah, can. You can. <laughs> that's what Twitter's all about. But you know what? If the two of us um, were at a networking event and having a conversation and somebody walked in the room, they wouldn't hesitate to walk up to us and inject themselves into the conversation um, just by saying hello. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't. But on Twitter, they feel like they're interrupting a private conversation, which is silly because it's... It's on Twitter. <laughs> it's on Twitter. It's so much more public. <laughs> exactly. that's, the, that's the irony of it, is that they're having yeah. a public conversation and then other people um, can jump in, which is the whole point. Um, but it's interesting that... Uh, that I, I don't know. It, it's the block of people. I've met more people online probably lately because I spend more time in front of my computer yeah. than I do in-person networking. Yeah. And well, let me tell you, so I've, I've got this little story. It's a, it's more of a personal one, but I've been on Twitter for a long time. I talked to a lot of local people on Twitter and many of them I've never met in person. So very recently, a couple on Twitter that I've talked to on Twitter only, I think, I don't think I've met them. Um, they announced that they were adopting a baby and they were getting their baby girl the next day. Well, I've never met them, but all I could do the next day was refresh, refresh, refresh their feed. So that you would find out what was going on. Baby. Aww. Right? And when they finally shared a picture of them with their new daughter, I was, I cried. I was so excited. And I've never met these people. But you know what? That's the difference, though, is you get, you've gotten to know them. Absolutely. And... I don't think that you need to meet people in person anymore to have that connection with them. No, you, you don't. I, I mean, I've, I've lost cyber friends on Facebook that I had known for four or five years through Facebook only because of different things. And I grieved for them as much as I would grieve for some of the people that I know in person. Absolutely. Because you feel you, you do, you know them and you get to know them. And if you build a relationship with them, you have gotten to know them. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. It was funny. I worked with, um, I used to work with a client and uh, I'd never met her. So we literally did everything through email. I sent her information about me. We never talked on the phone. We did everything via email. Um, but I did, I did some stuff. So obviously I knew what she looked like, blah, blah, blah. And she happened to be coming to speak closer to where I lived. And I went, oh my goodness, we need to meet. And it was just such a funny concept that I knew her for like four or five years. Right. And now I'm finally meeting her in person. And it was, it was a great opportunity, but we realized that our relationship wasn't any better or worse because we had never met in person. We yeah. hadn't even had a phone conversation. Yeah. That's how crazy our complete online relationship was. So do you remember the first thing I said to you when I met you in Halifax in June for social media day? No. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the first thing I said to you was, 
oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever. Yeah, because we got to know each other online. Exactly. We've been talking online and through email and all of the things about social media day. So I really felt like when I met you face to face that day, we'd been friends we'd already known. Yeah, exactly. And we it wasn't like, oh, it's really nice to meet you. We didn't yeah. have that. There was no, there was no awkward moment no. of, so what's going on? You know, we just left. Yeah. It was like we had literally seen each other yesterday for coffee and we're just picking up where we left off. Exactly. Which was really cool, which yeah. was really and cool. So for people who don't know, Anita is one of the co-founders. Is that the right thing to say? Yeah. Yep. Um, for a conference called Social Media Day Halifax. It was their inaugural year last year in June, mm-hmm. uh, 2018, the first time they had ran it, and it was super successful. Um, and now they're running it again because people, the demand for it is there. She's a fantastic keynote speaker coming up for 2019. What are the dates? June? It's so June 21st. My calendar. June 21st here in Halifax. <laughs> and <laughs> we're having it up at the uh, Cineplex and Bears Lake again. So Gr- Again, a great venue. Yeah, having um, it in a movie theater is so much fun. Well, and it's a great, um, it was a great way to see um, the speakers. I loved, um, and great way to interact. I felt like you could walk around a little bit. Um, yeah, really, uh, really fantastic event. Yeah, so we're really excited. It, it, it really blew our expectations last year. And so we immediately knew we wanted to have it again. And uh, our keynote speaker this year is Rodney Habib, who is famous from Planet Paws, which is a pet blogging site and a local, uh, a local pet store. But he became famous, if you will, through social media. And he's got a great story. So I'm really excited for him to come and share how he grew from just a local <laughs> boy here in Halifax to an international um, pet blogging superstar with you know the top TEDx uh, TEDx talk on pet health ever. That's awesome! So, I'm really excited to meet him as well. Really excited. It's, yeah, it's so good. Um, we're so excited for this year. And you know what? That just kind of encapsulates um, the whole reason why I started this podcast. You know, we're linking for success. So you're linking to people in person. You're linking to people online um, for the success of you as a person the success of your brand or the success of your business. That is basically what we're all here to do, whether you're an entrepreneur, a small business, a large corporation, we're all looking for that sort of um, success, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. So who, I mean, I know I wanted to, uh, to link to you because of course I was, I had applied to speak at social media day Halifax. So I pseudo stalked you in the beginning <laughs> Um, and you and Linda as well, because I wanted to see who you were and I wanted to know who were the ladies behind this particular conference. So, and that was before I applied, uh, to be a speaker at the conference because I also wanted to make sure, and that goes right back to our original conversation. I want to make sure it was a good fit for me. Yeah. Because if you guys are running a conference that was in conflict or perhaps a little bit different than my own philosophies, then it wouldn't be a good fit for me because I wouldn't have wanted to be associated because that's also my brand that I'm putting out there as well in association with the conference. But I love you and I love Linda. 
Um, I thought you guys were fantastic. So I immediately um, put in my application uh, to speak and I was chosen, which was amazing. So, um, and then, you know, just getting to know you guys and, and the um, interviews that you guys did. And I loved all the marketing and um, it was interesting. I've, I've spoken at other conferences and uh, kudos to you guys, because I have to say you guys probably have done the, one of the best marketing campaigns for the conference than I've seen in a very long time. You well, guys know what you're you. doing. <laughs> thank you. We appreciate that. Certainly was a lot of time and effort to, to do it, but um, it was all worth it in the end because we had, you know, we had said, it's funny, we had said good, better, best. Good is 100 people. At about 100 people, we would break even on the event. At, you know, at 200, we'd be super excited. We'd be able to add a few more bells and whistles. And we had 270 people. Amazing. So we were just so blown away by the support of, of our community here for this event that, um, I, I don't, yeah, I, I get tongue-tied trying to talk about just how happy and excited we are about this event. Well, I mean, you even got emotional on the stage when you started, you literally like oh. kicked it off and you started to get emotional <laughs> immediately because you were just yeah. so overwhelmed. I was, I um, really was. And you know what, but you, the effort paid off um, and it was amazing. So you know what, uh, two final questions. Okay. One of them is, and I just lost the question, but it's a, give you a hint. Oh, there it is. So again, going back to, you know, you're a leader, you, you know, through the, whether it's the conference through your business, and you said before, people come to you because they want to know what you think because they follow you, they want to work with you. What's your superpower? Why do you think people are coming to you and what makes you that person? So I think I have two superpowers when it oh, comes I love to this, that. this business. One is brainstorming. And I look, I can sit with any business and talk to them about their business and figure out where their content is. I can find the stories and the content in just, except for um, fire truck widgets. I just couldn't see that one. <laughs> you know what? We'll forgive you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but any other business person I sit with in a workshop or for coffee or anything, I can sit with them and I almost instantly am, am like pulling questions out of the air. You should talk about this and talk about that and show us this and this. I'm just, my mind just works that way. So that's one superpower. But the other superpower that, uh, that clients tell me is my ability to just cut through the BS and tell them the real goods. Yeah. So I don't do fluff. I just, I, I hate it when I read salesy fluff from people and I don't do small talk and I, you know, so I'm just always, I'm very direct and I'm very, I'm pretty blunt and I'm very straightforward. And if I, if you ask me a question, you can tell immediately on my face whether or not I'm giving you the real goods. I have no poker face. So like, so I, note I just, to self, play poker with Anita. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Anita doesn't play poker. <laughs> Anita, Anita can't even play pranks on people. So but you know um, what? I get that from you, though. I mean, again, if you follow your feed, you watch your videos, you're telling us the way it is, and you're not doing salesy um, talk of what could be's and all this. You're actually telling them how to do it. 
Yeah. And that a lot of times, unfortunately, that's missing in some of the training that people have gone through. And this is what I've heard as well. And and maybe that's why um, I really like I like you because I'm similar. I don't like all of the the fluffy stuff. I like to tell people actually how it is. Um, is because unfortunately, when people are doing a lot of training, they're immediately trying to sell you on something else. Yeah. That drives me crazy. You know, yeah. whether they're talking at a stage, whether they're in a workshop, you know, here's all the information that you need to do, but people only give them this much and they, they talk about all the things that they could do, but they don't tell them how to do it because they want to sell you on a service to do it for them. I hate that. I, I right, hate, as do especially I. Especially webinars. A lot of free webinars are set up that way, and I get that it can work for people, mm-hmm. but I hate that tactic. So the webinars I do are either a free educational webinar, and there might be a quick, oh, hey, if you like this, here's something you can buy, but I don't spend 20 minutes trying to sell it to you. Right. And, um, and I have paid webinars, and it's just, you, this is a workshop you can get online instead of coming in person. Yeah. It's the value, value, value. And I think, um, I know when I've done a workshop and I've been hired to speak about a topic and I give them that information, you know, people are coming up to me afterwards saying, you know, why didn't you sell us on something? And I went, because that's not what I'm here for. Mm, I'm here to give you value. I'm here to give you that information. I'm not here to sell you, you know, this, this, and this. Um, And I think because of that, I have a lot more people coming up afterwards going, how can I work with you? Yeah, exactly. Right. So it actually works almost in the opposite because as soon as you start, oh, well, you know what? All she was doing was telling us this stuff just so she could get us as a client and just so she could sell us the stuff. All of a sudden people tune out and walk away. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting, um, interesting concept. I so agree. Final question uh, that I am asking is what does it mean to you to link for success? For me, I think it means linking to people with some forethought, with a strategy in mind. And that strategy can be as simple as, oh, here's a local person that looks interesting that I'd like to get to know. It doesn't have to be, okay, if I link to five people on whatever platform and start talking to them once a day, it's going to lead to business. I love people. There's people that much teach that stuff. Oh, I think there are people that teach that (laughs) stuff. And you know what? I will tell people, okay, if you, if your goal is to build LinkedIn connections or followers or whatever, here's, here's a plan. Do five a day and here's how you do it. But that's not how you build the relationship. That's just how you make the connection. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think people, they literally, this is their LinkedIn plan. I swear people are thinking this. They build a profile. They connect with people and then they're done. Absolutely. All that's, the time. That's, but that's the beginning. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have a client recently that I helped with a LinkedIn strategy. We revamped her profile mm-hmm. and then I helped her with her LinkedIn strategy. And when I told her she was going to need to post at least every day and connect to you know five to 10 new people every day and actually talk to them and get in there and, <gasps> and talk. And talk like, to them? What? Really? You're crazy. People, people do that on LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, well, you only have 50 connections. So that's probably why you haven't noticed. Right. Right. Because you're not in there doing it. Wow. <laughs> Anita, you yes, are folks. like a trendsetter. <laughs> yes, folks. This is the kind of blunt talk you get when you work with me. 
You have 50 connections. Do better. <laughs> and when you make the connections, you have to talk to them. Absolutely. There's no point. There's no point There's in no having point. your LinkedIn profile there. And not do anything. I guess what I tell people is if you don't make the effort, nobody else is going to make the effort either. Exactly. You know, it's really, I, I think the best question that I have um, that I ask um, typically when I, I'm doing any talk is how many people want other people to engage with their content? Everybody raises their hand, right? Everybody wants yeah. them to like and comment and share all of their stuff. And I said, and how many people like and comment and share on other people's stuff? And everybody puts their hand up. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. like, okay, then there's your problem. <laughs> Like that's, that is, that's the problem right there. Like you're not, you don't have a listening strategy. You don't have a connection strategy. Yeah. You want everyone to spend their time on your stuff, but you're not willing to take any of your time on theirs. Yeah. We need, we need more reciprocity. And I've, I've mm -hmm. had conversations with a couple of different people recently about this. If you expect people to come and talk to you or come and share your content or share your promotion or whatever, you need to do that for other people. They're not going to, unless you are some big, huge guru with millions of fans, people aren't just going to willy-nilly share your stuff. You have to build the relationships and prove that you're trustworthy in order for them to want to help you. Absolutely. Fine words. Thank you. I'm actually going to leave it on that note because that was an awesome way to end it. Thank you so much, Anita. Uh, can you tell people how to get in touch with you? You can find me on every social network except Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just look up Anita Kirkbride or Twerp Communications and you should find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to stacymaynard.com and gain access to some free resources. And to join the conversation, follow at Socially Stacy on all the social media platforms using hashtag link for success. If you love the Link for Success show, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. Remember, it's not about linking for the sake of linking, link for success.